Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. Thank you all for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you may be tuning in, I thank you. Uh, you can go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes as soon as I drop them. Of course, on Spotify, they do have a ranking system as well. And if you uh, would love to uh, give me a ranking, preferably five stars, I'd greatly appreciate it. Same thing on Apple Podcast. They have a rating system there. If you would like to give me five stars, I'd greatly appreciate it, as well as a nice review. Now, for this episode, we'll be having former NFL wide receiver Tavon Mason on the show. He's going to be talking about his career, uh, excuse me, football before the NFL, during the NFL, and, of course, after the NFL Definitely, definitely a great conversation, and uh, you know I look forward to uh, you all being able to listen to it. <clears throat> but of course, before that, we do have a "Get It Off Your Chest" segment. Now, plenty of people are talking about the transfer portal and all the different players that are in there, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport it may be. The transfer portal is popping as they like to say. But, you know, there's a lot of kids in there and of course there's a lot of spots that, you know, may not you know, a lot of people that, that may not be able to claim spots because there's so many people in the transfer portal. And every year, you know, you have the talk of uh, you know, just nobody wanting to stick it out, nobody wanting to do those different things while they're in college. Uh, you know, you gotta work hard, you gotta do those different things. But what happened was happens when things go the other way around. Now, you wonder what I'm talking about? Well, I'm talking about Grambling State. Um, there was a new volleyball coach hired there, and immediately upon getting there, uh, from what I'm hearing is all the members of the team are back. Yes, their scholarships are not being renewed. Now, for those that don't know, a scholarship to a university college or university is not a four-year scholarship. No, it is a year-to-year renewal of a scholarship. That's the biggest thing that I think most people forget about or don't even know. And when a player signs that, of course, there's another year after you have to sign that and another year after you have to sign that as well. <coughs> so you have to renew that scholarship. It doesn't just automatically I can remember going in and signing paperwork myself when I was a freshman going to my sophomore year, you know, renewing my scholarship for the next year. Now, it sounds all great and fun to a bunch of star players and everything like that, but signing that paperwork would definitely mean that you can to the future. It could also mean scholarship. If you're getting, if you're getting room and board and, and 
book the glass do anything like that of course the time you were trying to take it however you came there and a certain amount of money being from scholarship however that changed based on them wanting to get money from someone else now this
that's my good off the press segment for today. Up next, we have Mr. Trayvon Martin, who's going to AFC South. We'll get him right back. We'll be back in just a moment. Do you feel the need? The need for speed? Yeah. I know. We're not living in Top Gun times. But if you have a middle or high school student looking to gain speed or you are a collegiate or professional athlete that's wanting to get faster, then you need to check out Hulk Flash Performance, a partner of X3 Performance located at Boost Fit Club in Nashville, Tennessee. Middle schoolers, you can train up to two times a week for $200 and high schoolers, three times a week for $300. Now let me give you some facts about speed training. Speed training is a skill that grows like a tree, meaning you could see quick and dramatic improvements, but for the best results, those happen over long periods of time. Are you ready to commit to the process? If so, you can fill out the form at form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. Again, that is form.jotform.com backslash 212-725-252-786056. And someone will contact you as soon as possible. Let's sit, let's get you to top speed with Hulk Flash Performance. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton, and draft time is right around the corner. Of course, uh, scouts are looking and scouring and trying to figure out who they're going to get. Also, players are trying to get themselves ready and prepared while they can run the best 40 of their lives or bench press or do whatever they're going to do to impress the scouts. And I figured, hey, since, uh, you know, draft time's coming around, I might as well get somebody that actually has been through the process. And I, I want to welcome on the show, Mr. Tavon Mason. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's going on, Mike? I appreciate you having me on, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So just to give everybody a little background, um, Mm -hmm. you know, where did you play college football and where did you play in the NFL? I went to the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. It was Virginia Cavalier, Wahoo Wah. Was there for four years. And then I was picked up as a free agent um, with the New York Jets in 02 and 03. That's when uh, Jets was uh, still in New York uh, and Long Island, on Long Island, as they say. (laughs) Oh, man. Long Island. Wow. Right. Memories. Right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let me let me ask, when did you start playing football? Um, I start. Well, you know, like a lot of us, you know, we start playing in the neighborhood. I say the the best kind of like tutelage and practice I got was, you know, having an older brother who's four years older than me and then you know, having the other older brothers in the neighborhood. Um, so I started playing football with those guys. But I really got into it. Um through rec when I was uh, in 1990, when I was 10 years old, I remember being outside and um, one of the neighborhood, uh, like my neighborhood, big brothers came home. He had like the equipment on. Um, and I was like, man, where you get that from? And he had told me about Woodlawn rec back in Baltimore County. And that's jump started. I mean, I will always play in the neighborhoods when we live in Baltimore city, we would play against other neighborhoods, but I never knew where I could go sign up to actually play, you know, full contact, um, and organized football until that day I saw his name, Rodney Petit, come home uh, with this uh, Woodlawn Cowboys equipment on. And I went, uh, told him, I ran in the house. I remember I ran in the house. I'm like, Ma, I want to play football. 
And you know how mom's like, no, you're going to get hurt. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Right. football. <laughs> and then we found Willon Wreck, and then that was all she wrote, man. Got you. Now, um, now <clears throat> everyone doesn't recognize or know they're going to be a college or even a pro football player. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you say were those moments for you when you recognize, hey, I could be a college player, I could play college football, do this, and I could be a pro player potentially uh, and, and potentially make a living? Uh, doing this, um, well, with uh, it, it started with again, Pop One. So, going up the ranks, being a new guy in a wreck where a lot of the kids already played, went to school with each other. We just moved to Baltimore County from the city. So, uh, I know a lot of guys out there, even in the NFL, who has played a position they probably shouldn't have played, but because they wasn't known, they were put in a certain position. So, my first year of playing football, fastest guy on the field, but they didn't know it because I signed up late. They had me at center. So hey, this little kid wow. playing center. Yep. <laughs> Fifth grade playing center. I got like the old school Dick Buckers pad going up my arm because they was tearing my forearms up. So when sixth, seventh, and eighth grade hit, I started to click a little bit with people. But then it's like, oh, we're going to high school. I got to start everything over it. So about my sophomore year, that's when I really struck a match that I want to go to college. But again, I didn't know how to. Um, my brother went to college. Um, just for school, but I didn't see anyone beyond him who went for football until um, I was getting ready to go sophomore year. And uh, Keon Carpenter, rest in peace to him, was like a mentor of mine that went to high school. He went to Virginia Tech. So that was like, oh, I can do this. If he can do it, I can do it. And I just remember by the time my, my senior year came, you know, he invited me and my um, good friend Reggie down. We got to see it up close and personal. You know, Virginia Tech played Boston College, got to stay in his apartment um, with Cornell Brown that was playing with the um, – that played with him there that eventually went to the Ravens. Keon went to the Bills and played with the Falcons, you know. And um, going to that game, just like, I got to I gotta do this. I want to do this. And then that's when it clicked, you know, all the offers start coming in. Um, and once I started doing some of the things I did in high school, I, like, I can play on a college level. I, I know I can do this. And when the offers start coming in, I was like, yeah, I can, I can go do this. You know, I, I picked UVA. It was like three and a half hours away from Baltimore. Parents can still come. I'm far enough where they can't just pop up in, on me like <laughs> for the episode of American Pie Part 2 when he went to college. So, <laughs> so I wanted to go far away. But and when I got there, it was like, I mean, I, I like this thing. So, again, you know, starting over from the beginning again, trying got to build back up. And when I got used to it and, you know, getting an opportunity to play wide receiver kick return, I was like, yeah, I wanna, I wanna go, and then that's when it was like, can I do this? You know, what I mean, like the question you asked, can I do this? And then that's what started that, that kind of like the journey to, to push to uh, get to the NFL. So you're getting ready for the NFL, right? You're training, you know, you're doing your different things, you know, your diet, all those different things. What, is, what is that preparation like? What is like mentally getting prepared for the draft? Everybody talks about it physically, yeah. but what is like mentally getting prepared for that? The mental side of it is, is is different because you're going to train physically because and you're going to be good at it because that's what you've been doing since whenever you started playing that sport, whatever sport it is, you know, your basketball and your baseball, you've been playing it. The, the mental aspect of, is sitting there and waiting for a phone call. Um, I knew I wouldn't be drafted uh, high if I were, I were to get drafted. I was a free agent. But the mental part that kind of tears you down 
And, you know, you can see it on the face of some of them guys, um, you know, the, that actually they are there at the draft, you know, like when Lamar Jackson was waiting to get called and it was already 31st, you know, you see everybody step up, stand up and go and walk and you just sitting there, you know, me, I sat in my apartment at school, you know, it was me, my mom, my dad, um, and we just sitting there and it's just like, you're like a prisoner. You, you, you make yourself a prisoner because you're just sitting there, you're watching it. You don't want to leave, even though when people say, go ahead, you know, you got your phone on you, they'll call you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there and you see it chop, 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 chop down. And it weighs on you mentally because, like, am I going to get a call at all? You know what I mean? And, again, not really having mentors, even on a collegiate level, to say, hey, just answer the phone after the draft. You never know what's going to happen. They always looking for guys they want to pull in and they know who you are. So the mental aspect to me was harder than the physical aspect. Cause at that time I was already there physically. You know, I had a, a great trainer and coach deck, Tony Decker. That was the strength coach at UVA at the time. But the mental aspect is if I could have got help on that more, that probably even, that would make the, the, the journey even that much better. Cause like I said, the, the mental is just like pulling on you. Cause you know, you want this, and you know in the back of your mind some people who don't want it for you but at the same time you're like why why am i just stuck in this place just waiting just watching the tv watching the tv watching the tv so like that that mental aspect for anybody that watched that guy's getting ready for the the draft hey man just do your normal thing because i you'll be just like me sitting in just stuck like just keep looking at the tv pacing around you know it, it, it was crazy right right now okay you didn't get a call for mm-hmm. being drafted Right. You know that. So you get a call by the from the New York Jets about mm-hmm. coming in and being a, a free agent addition to the team. Right. Now you go into camp, you're doing all those different things. How does that differ in terms of from college football to in the NFL life in terms of you know learning that different system, the different processes, different things mm-hmm. you know you have to do as opposed to college? I take you. I tell you one thing, Mike, I, and I, I still kick myself in the butt for this. So again, not having that person to tell you, you know, even my agent at the time, hey, answer the phone once the draft was over. With. So I get an unavailable call. In my mind, I'm thinking it's family members calling to tell you, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it, you know you'll be okay, <laughs> and you don't want to hear that because you know, you, you know, people are waiting. I actually missed the call from the Philadelphia Eagles in that O2 draft, um, wow. and at that time, um. Brian Mitchell was retiring and I was a kick return. I was a specialist, you know, a receiver specialist, but I was really high on as a, as a kick returner. Um, that year, my last year at UVA, I had ran a kick return back 102 yards against Georgia Tech. So that kind of like etched it in stone and they left a message. But how the draft worked for those who watch this and don't know, if you don't answer, they got a list of other guys they potentially want. They go and call them as well. So I listened to the voicemail. And I call back. I get a busy signal, left a message. My my um, agent at the time sent me a message on my two-way, like, uh, the Jets want to bring you in. The Jet, the Eagles called back, say, hey, you know, um, we had both somebody else saying good luck with everything. But that would have been, like, prime real estate to be in because, like I said, Brian Mitchell was retiring. They didn't have a kick returner. Um, I could have been that kick return guy. But, you know, it, it's like it was, like, amazing. So I get the call, and, you know, we want to bring you up to minicamp. And uh, you go in, I go into the our weight room at UVA and, you know, I tell Coach Deck, so they got the name of the guys that have been picked up free agent, you know, and they set the call up. I had to fly out, 
do the mini cap. You know, you stand in the hotel, you got all these other guys, you walk into the facility, and it's amazing because you don't know. It's like almost being drafted to the to the military because you're just sitting in your locker and you see all these lockers around you. Then you start looking at the names, you know, and my two years there, especially the first year in 02, Wayne Quebec, Santana Mars, Lavernius Coles, uh, Vinny Testaverde's lockers across from me, Curtis Martin lockers behind me, you know, um, who else did we have? We had Marvin Jones, you know, me and Mo Lewis. You had a young uh, John Abraham, you know, that was there. So you having all you seeing all these guys, especially you know the Testaverde, you know, when he won the Heisman, I was seven years old, and this dude is still playing. <laughs> Ed Pennington, you know, he's in there. So just like I was like, wow, so I'm I'm like actually here, you know. You see your name on the nameplate, so it takes it to a different level. Like college, you know, you get that room to mess around. They're like, oh, you young, you got to build up to it. Now you hear, you know, every little move you make, it, it has to be measured precisely. Kind of like when your mom or your grandmother makes that, you know, that pie or whatever. It got to be precise because it, that little thing, uh, get them out there, we bring the next guy in. So, you know, you on pins and needles if you're a free agent um, because, you know, you're expendable. They can switch you out, you know, quick. But if you, you know, drafted those first three rounds, you kind of got it. You know, you got your foot etched. You know, you got your name etched in the sand a little bit because they actually drafted you and spend money on you. Got you, man. That's a definitely, definitely a nice breakdown of that. Of, yeah. uh, definitely, <laughs> man. Man, wow, you, you missed it. Wow, you know, missed, I, I'm just uh, amazed. Missed the call from the right. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I know you still. I know you had to be kicking yourself. Oh yeah, I, I still do. I think about it now. And I'm like, dang, man. I'm like, I, I could have been there and probably had like a longer career with them just because of the uh the kick return factor that just to get me in the door you know um and from there but you know i'll still say i i definitely still like my journey that i had you know going through with the jets you know and the guys that i met in a competition you know what i mean on the field you know it, it, it was totally different than college and of course college and high school put together right 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 now um of course you like like you mentioned two years with the, with the jets correct mm -hmm. Yep. All right. And then after that, you know, of course, life after the NFL kind of kicks yep. in. So yeah. what was that immediate feeling kind of after, you know, the phone stops ringing or yeah. anything like that? And you're you're going back to kind of normal life, as they would yeah. say. How um, was that? So I, I mean, I, I kept training. Um, I actually the agent I had at the time, I, I, I switched agents because he he just wasn't focused on me because he had higher guys that came out before me. So uh, I, I released my agent and I kept training. So for uh, a lot of the other guys in the same situation, even some of the guys now that are still digging and trying to get their, their chance, um, there are more leagues out now than it was when I played at NFL Europe, but the Jets didn't allocate me there. They didn't have many leagues like they do now where you can continue to get film. So I just kept training, kept training, um, wait for calls. That's another mental thing because you're waiting to hit, get a call. You know, I would take, my menial job so I could have that time to train. So I'm going to work these little jobs to have some money, but also to be able to have time to go to the gym. So my trainer, um, Coach Troy, he actually is uh, at the House of Athletes. He's training down. He trained a lot of the guys that go to Brandon Marshall's gym in Florida. Um, so when he was in Baltimore, he had a, a facility in uh, kind of like North Baltimore County. So I would go up there. I would work 8 to 430 drive to his facility. I would train from 5.30 to 9, 9 to 9.30 every day, Monday through Friday. 
Um, he didn't charge me to say, hey, just help out, you know, the young kids. If they come to you and ask you for help, help them out. So I, in the midst of me working out, I will help some of the youth football guys. So the stuff I didn't get, I'm giving it to them, the high school guys. You know, his son was in high school and I would train with him, you know, to keep him focused. So I would help those guys out. So, again, the mental play was I'm working out anywhere from four and to four and a half hours a day after working you know, and just waiting for phone calls. So just staring at the phone, staring at the phone. And my last year playing football, I played indoor football. We had an indoor football team in Baltimore called the Baltimore Mariners. And I played 09. Then after that, I was like, yes, it's time. So, but me, I was pretty good with it. So I knew that it was, it was a job, you know, and I had to move on to the next thing, you know? So um, of course I had that itch, you know, but 2011, that's when I kicked off my uh, my coaching career. Okay. All right. So uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, can you can you kind of break down the things you've yeah. done in terms of coaching and, and yeah. other aspects of, of, of life after football? Yes, sir. Yeah. So 2011, um, I like, you know, what, what, what can I do now? You know, so I started getting into, you know, kind of like the education slash uh, direct care field, you know, working at uh, children facilities, working in the school. Um, 2011 to 2013, I started coaching at my high school, Woodlawn High School. I was their receiver coach, special teams coordinator, and helped with the offense. Um, I even had an opportunity in between 2011, 2012 in the spring to coach um, a professional uh, women's tackle football with the Baltimore nice. Knights. So I kind of like broadened my horizon to, you know, the, the, the coach, the ladies, and it was amazing. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the ladies like absorbed. And they could ball. <laughs> they could play ball. You know, we actually made it to the first round of the playoffs in Montreal, Canada. Got to go up there to Canada, uh, which was awesome. Um, and after 2013, um, I wanted to try to get into the college level. So we have a Division three college in Baltimore, um, Stevenson University in Owens Mills, um, where they occupy the old uh, Ravens facility before they changed to the castle. I coached there from 2013 to 2000, 2014 to 2018. Uh, first year tight ends coach, part-time tight ends coach. The last uh, three years, uh, no, the last, yeah, the last three years, I was that cornerbacks coach. So I was just moving up, moving up the ranks between high school, college, uh, professional women's, back to high school. I was a track coach as well. All the time I'm moving through the school system as well, so getting into education as well. Nice, nice. Definitely uh, a myriad of different things that you uh, yeah. got involved in after football. And that's that's very commendable because, you know, you definitely got to keep yourself moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I would see those uh, stories, you know, that a lot of the guys that once football is done, they don't know how to bounce back because they're so used to having a set schedule and being at the top where everybody, you know, wants to be around them. And then once you finish, you know, mm -hmm. The, the noise stopped and they don't know what to do. So it's like, let me just keep it moving, you know, and, and coach, give back what I learned, give back to the kids trying to get on that next level. Right, right. And, then, you know, I, def I know those kids definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Definitely. Now, of course, it wouldn't be a show called Tornado NC South. Well, of course, my show is Tornado NC South, but I wanted to take this show to kind of give people the before, during, and after of preparing for the draft as it goes through a actual player's odds. Right. But of course, we always have a game on the show. Okay. We always have that. It's two <laughs> choices. You gotta pick one. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. 
All right. First choice, Virginia Tech or West Virginia? Oh, got to go West Virginia. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. Hurt that, that the hope the turkeys over there. I can't do the turkeys. <laughs> I, figured, I figured you might say that. <laughs> now I got a couple wide. I got three wide receiver questions for you. Okay. Tyreek Hill or Debo Samuel? I'm gonna go uh, Debo. Gotcha, gotcha. Go Debo. All the things he can do, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Your Swiss Army knife, and there's no knock to Tyreek, but when you got a guy that can play running back, quarterback, wide receiver, whatever you need, that's yeah. I I, I go with Debo. Gotcha. Now I've got uh, two college teammates, okay. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Give me DK. DK. Okay. All DK. right. All right. When he when he's not, you know. Kind of losing it, losing it, losing it a little bit on, on right. the field. He, he right, right, right. <laughs> now I've got this one, and this one is uh, a couple of LSU guys. Okay, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase? Woo! <laughs> I gotta go Jamar. I gotta go Jamar. I like Je- I like Jefferson, but Jamar, he just he just it's a different it factor. I don't know if because of him and you know how him and Joey B you know uh, blend together, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I like I like Jamar Chase. And he's fearless, man. Yeah, I don't know. I might give it to Justin just for the grief. Now, I do have one last one. This was going to have some Virginia flavor to it. Okay. Tiki Barber or Thomas Jones? I'm going to go uh, Thomas Jones. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm being biased. I got to, I got to play with him and see him. Um, man, that dude was amazing. And, you know, no knock on Tiki, but you know, Thomas, you know, pass catcher um you know blocker um and and the way he would run the ball you know what i mean he was like that 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 running back that pulls everybody actually he helped me get my first touchdown in college you know we (laughs) we ran a a zone right we call it sally left but it was a zone right and he pulled the whole entire wake forest defense and you got this little scrawny red shirt freshman come back around the left side and got my first (laughs) touchdown you know and uh was it 99 yep my first touchdown uh, ever, you know, so no, uh, Thomas, I go with Thomas Jones. Got you. Yeah. I had a, I had a good little, little list going there. So I, yeah. I was I wondering where you were going to go with that last one. I was like, right. yeah, that, that might be, that might get him a little bit, right. <laughs> but I want to say thank you for coming on. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I want to also, uh, give, give you an opportunity to talk about any things that you have going on yeah. also to, uh, mention, where everyone can find you on social media. Oh yeah, man, definitely. I, again, I appreciate you, man. And I, I know we always, we talk on Twitter um, about sports and everything. And I, I definitely appreciate it, man. And, you know, you can find me you, at first. I tell people go to my foundation website, do a lot of community work. That was one big thing that I really wanted to do once I got done playing and started in, you know, my hometown of Baltimore. And the great thing, Mike, we was able to expand it outside of that to Virginia you know, Norfolk, Virginia, UVA Children's Hospitals, all the way up to New York um, to the um, Ronald McDonald House on New High Park in Long Island, two years in a row, um, you know, helping men, women, families, children, you know, reading tours. So go to www.tavonmasonlovesthekids.org, um, you know, TMLTKF on Twitter, TMason18 uh, on Instagram, um, got Tavon Mason Love the Kids, Mr. Underscore T Mason. And on Facebook, the same thing, Tavon Mason and Tavon Mason love the kids. Uh, you know, me and my my good friend, another former NFL player, Joel Gamble, who's from Baltimore, 
Um, we collaborated after making our own children books to make a kind of like social justice uh, comic book series. You know, we wanted to show representation um, for black superheroes. So they're, they're very few. And we created the justice duo that cover bullying, gentrification, and food deserts. So, you know, you know, you can go there and that, all that information is on my website. But again, man, I thank you. I appreciate it. And I appreciate this chance coming on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And I gotta, I gotta check out the comic books, man. I, you oh know, yeah, I'm definitely all into the comic books. Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, man. <laughs> it's a great one. We did the old school with leaving a cliffhanger, so you know you won't see what happened until you get the next one. And one thing we did for the kids, Mike, um, like I did in my children's book, we put a coloring page in the back, so after they, you know, finish reading it, they can color um, one of the scenes from the um, from the inside of the book. So we put that on the back for the kids also. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, man. for everyone that's listening and watch, thank you very much. This has been another episode of Touring the NFC South with your host, Mike Patton, and we're out. Peace.